Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited for you to hear from Kevin Kowalski today. He's a uh, former professional athlete, played for the couple years with the Dallas Cowboys, now in full-time ministry at Rock Point Church in Flyer Mound, Texas, also an assistant football coach at Coram Deo Academy, married to Johanna. They have a two-and-a-half-month-old newborn baby, Titus. Just an incredible story of coming to know Jesus as an adult and how God just radically transformed his life and has called him into full-time ministry. I can't wait for you to hear from Kevin, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Kevin. Oh, glad to be here. You bet. So I always like to start these off with some background information, so if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up, and about your family today. Yeah, so I grew up uh, about 20 minutes outside of Cleveland, Ohio, uh, working class kind of blue collar family, uh, one of five kids. Um, my whole family's still up in that area. Everybody else pretty much is within a half hour of where we grew up. I'm the one that uh, left and lived down here in uh, Dallas, Texas now in the DFW area. Um, and then met my wife probably about five years ago. We've been married um, a little over three years. We actually just had our first child uh, two and a half months ago, a little guy named Titus. So we are we are uh, enjoying him these days, that's for sure. And adjusting to the parent life. <laughs> well rested? We're figuring it out, you know, little by little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's probably the, that's one of the biggest adjustments, I think, is just the, the routine. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So your family growing up, did you grow up? Um, and a family of faith. And then at what point did you decide that you need a personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So um, I did not grow up in a family of faith. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, for me, it wasn't until my young adult years that I actually really started grappling with faith. Uh, before that, um, simply didn't really see a need for it. And mm. quite frankly, kind of saw it as a, a crutch or a fallacy that people followed. Um, to mm. kind of get through life. And so I was, I, I would, you know, say I, I grew up probably agnostic and quite frankly would have self-identified as an atheist, um, would have been high school and in, in college and in young adult years. Um, and then coming to faith, um, and that was quite the journey. It was, you know, we can kind of get into that a little bit later if we want, but uh, it can be quite a long story. But really the biggest thing is, you know, I'm at, 22 years old, you know, I had a start into a great career in football, you know, playing for the Dallas Cowboys and playing in the NFL and kind of all those hopes and dreams that you think are going to fulfill life. And you kind of get to that point and you feel oddly empty. Mm-hmm. Um, also dealt with some injuries that, that led me to, you know, a chiropractor that um, ended up really sharing the gospel with me. And quite frankly, before I realized it kind of discipling in me in the faith, um, giving me components of the faith that I started applying to my life and you, you, you see the fruit of it. Um, and so it, it was, it was quite a long journey of, of going from a atheistic naturalistic lens, uh, to come into faith. Um, but it was obviously a fruitful one that has completely changed the trajectory of my life. I love the mention of the chiropractor sharing the gospel, because that's just a reminder that no matter what field we're in, you know, the importance of living out the gospel and sharing the gospel with people we, we interact with. Cause we never know. 
Oh, we don't, you know, and especially, you know, at that point I was still playing football. So I was, uh, you know, six, three, I was, I was an offensive lineman at that point right now. I'm about two twenty five. I call myself a skinny guy now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and I was playing, I was an offensive lineman. I was 300 pounds. And so, wow. you know, you kind of have that, you know, that kind of football demeanor, that, that straight face, probably not smiling a lot at that stage of my life, you know? And, uh, so just to have somebody that kind of loved them, he was able to see through those things, kind of see mm-hmm. the pain, the deeper pain within and love, love me through that is really significant. And I think that's, you know, can, it can parallel very much to coaching, you know, where, uh, our athletes and all those things can try to put on that tough exterior. But at the end of the day, man, there's a heart inside that needs love and needs encouraged and supported. And, you know, it's him doing that for me really changed, uh, you know, my, the trajectory of my life, but also my perspective, uh, yeah. in a major way. And we'll get back to um, faith here in a minute. I'm going to talk. Absolutely. You mentioned being from Ohio and um, playing for the Cowboys. Kind of want to talk through your sports journey. So yeah. you played college at the University of Toledo. So how'd you end up at Toledo? You know what? So it would have been my, I think my junior year, I started to actually get some interest from Division One colleges. Um, and before that, you know, really had no grid that I'd have the opportunity to play at at that level, you know, my, my brother was a division three football player, um, at a school called Baldwin Wallace up in Ohio, um, in the OAC. So that was kind of what my sights were set on. until I started kind of getting interest and realizing I might be able to play at a higher level. Um, and I was, you know, I was always, uh, kind of shared my frame. Now it's kind of always a thinner guy, you know, my junior year, I was 200, 235 and those guys getting recruited were 270 plus, you know, so I, my, my goal was to kind of get up to 270 for that that senior year. And I ended up, you know, gaining 35 pounds that junior offseason, kind of bulking up. And uh, at that point, I, you know, had, had gone to some camps and stuff. And at one of those camps, uh, Toledo was there. And so they were the first team to offer me uh, early on uh, in the spring of my junior year. And uh, so it always kind of felt an affinity, affinity to them for being that first offer. I got one other offer, uh, would have been in the fall. Uh, probably would have been mid, mid fall, mid season. Um, but you know, uh, really felt again, that affinity to Toledo and, and a loyalty to them for kind of taking that chance on me. And quite frankly, you know, I could have maybe waited for another offer in the late, but it probably would have been those schools that would have missed on their guys and said, ah, you know, Hey, why don't you come along? You know, where I knew Toledo really, really wanted me and, uh, you know, had, I'd had a stellar program, one of those schools that consistently had won uh, in their conference and even peaked into the top 25 from time to time. So I knew it was, mm-hmm. you know, a, a football program that I wanted to be a part of. And quite frankly, I don't think I really cared too much about the school part of it. Um, I, was, I was pretty set on the football side and, uh, you know, love the program and appreciate the coaches. And so I committed would have been uh, my, you know, senior year during the season of football and then ended up going to Toledo just about two hours away from home for me well, football wise um you know I've watched quite a few of their games just because they're always on those midweek oh ESPN. Tuesday, night, Tuesday night yeah. action yeah Tuesday night that's it yeah <laughs> which drives my wife crazy that time of college football because I I just love college football so I can you know you can find a game on almost every night so yes. especially come out you know November absolutely that's the way we get our uh you know, get on national TV right there. It's playing on Tuesday yeah. nights, you know. Which is a, you know, a nice recruiting tool, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah, you tell you kids play on, play on ESPN, you know. It makes a uh, difference. Exactly. 
And then, you know, you've already alluded to playing for the Cowboys. So talk about the journey from college to end up with the, a, a franchise like the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's just not playing in the NFL. I mean, it is the Dallas Cowboys. So, so yeah. talk about that journey and what it's like to be a part of that franchise. Yeah, that was an interesting experience for me, you know, for, you know, up in, up in Ohio, I played for a, a really good football program in high school, you know, to make sure the state semis, we were the, you know, up there we go, division one is the highest. We were D2, you know, we were, we were pretty good uh, level, but obviously we weren't the highest uh, at Toledo, you know, good program, but you're, you're a group of five, you're, you're not, you know, the power five conferences, as they call it, you're not in the big 10, you're in the Mac, you know. Um, so for me, I was always kind of used to, to being more in that tier. So to go on to play for a team in the NFL and not just the NFL, but the Dallas Cowboys was, was a, a, quite the adjustment, you know? Um, and obviously people, you know, when you, when you tell them that you, you play for Toledo, you play division one football, there's uh, Oh, that's cool. You know? But then we start, you know, you mentioned Cowboys and you used to mention that name and people look at you differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a, is a completely different experience and just even getting there, I would say probably similar to for me going from high school to college, I, I did not have my sights on playing in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. I, and when I went to Toledo, I was just thankful for an opportunity to play college football. You know, I had no thought of that. I remember first time my junior year, you know, my coach coming in and telling me I'd, I'd likely have an opportunity um, after uh, my senior year, you know, you know, that was a completely new concept for me. I got the opportunity to kind of train following my senior year. Um, obviously, was in the, the midst of the lockout, actually. Uh, mm. So it was kind of a, a unique experience, really unique unique experience. So I went and trained out for Cal- in California for a couple months, came back and trained at Toledo on my own. Uh, we were talking about that before we got on the air here. Yeah. Um, for about five months, literally just by myself. Uh, wow. And then got a call from the Cowboys that – and uh, that I would be invited to camp because I didn't get drafted. So in the middle, middle of that, you have the NFL draft. And so a lot of guys know where they're going, but they're waiting. For me, I didn't get drafted. When teams can't call you right after the draft, you're in the lockout like they can nowadays or in any other situation. So I waited basically from the draft until July when the lockout lifted. Got a call from the Cowboys. A couple of days later, I was on a flight out to their – it might have been a couple hours later. It was quick. Um, mm-hmm. was on a flight down to San Antonio for training camp. And, and I can certainly unpack that a, a little bit more, but was obviously an undrafted guy on the outside. And I was very fortunate to to get a, a lot of reps, a lot of opportunities and perform well enough to end up making the, the roster as an undrafted rookie. Wow. Well, who was the, or what years, what year was that? And uh, who was a the coach then? Uh, coach Jason Garrett was, was okay. There. Um, it was his first full year as a coach. Okay. Uh, so 2011 and 2012 were the two years that I was on the roster. And then 13, I competed uh, as a as a guy, uh, you know, one of those, I don't know, bottom 10, so to speak, as you call mm-hmm. it on the roster, you're fighting for a, a job every single time, you know, and you know that. So I made the roster 11 and 12. Okay. What, um, talk about that. I mean, I know the lockout probably made it even more difficult. But what was the coming into training camp as an undrafted free agent? You're surrounded by number one, you know, a roster full of guys that have been drafted, and then you have a new draft class there. What was it like being that quote unquote guy from the outside coming in? 
You know what? It was quite the experience. Um, it's one of those things where every single day I'll just kind of weigh in for my uh, tapped on the shoulder. We, we, we call the guy the Grim Reaper. You know, it was that, it was that guy that you knew if he, he approached you, you're getting cut, you know, and you'd be like, hey, they want to meet with you, you know. Um, so every single day it was one of those aspects of, man, just surviving to get another opportunity, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, it was interesting, you know, they, that year they had a, a first round pick, they had a fourth round pick, they had a seventh round pick, and then there was me, uh, mm. you know, so it's so on the fourth and quite frankly, there's another undrafted guy that I believe that they liked more than me initially. Um, cause they, they plugged him in and I was kind of behind him. Um, so it was definitely one of those things of quite frankly, you're probably brought in more of a, of as a camp body than anything else. Um, oh, there to just to take reps, right? Yeah, but you know what? I remember the one of the undrafted guys in front of me. Uh, they got, you know, uh, ticked off at him because he kept screwing up. So I get thrown in and I perform well in the first preseason game, and um, then you get some more reps. You know, mm. and kind of time after time, it was just um, injuries led to opportunity. Um, mm. And when those opportunities came, I performed performed well performed well enough to, to earn myself a spot so it was you were definitely the outside guy and it, it took a it was a long haul to in a sense uh be recognized in any capacity so it's just always being ready <laughs> oh yeah you had to be. quite <laughs> yeah. frankly you you uh you weren't getting you were not getting reps you know what i mean like in camp we did quite a bit but obviously once i got into the season you weren't getting reps and uh you're either getting it on the kind of the, the scout team, you know, so to speak, or, uh, you know, is mental, you know, mm-hmm. you're running through those plays and you're, you're, you're working your footwork before the game and all those things. Cause you know, if they, they call your number, you better be ready. Cause that might be your last opportunity if you don't perform well. You know, as you're talking about that, there's this, and this may sound cheesy, but a spiritual aspect to, to that about, you know, we always hear from the Bible, you know, be ready in season, out of season. And, you know, right now in our church, we're going through as we lead up to Easter, unpacking the gospel. What does it mean to have gospel conversations? And I'm just, as you're talking about that, I'm just like, you know what? That's the same truth spiritually. We need to be kind of like your chiropractor, always ready. Yeah, um, you know, as we interact with people, um, every conversation may not lead to that rep, you know, in football terms, but we, we got to be ready. Um, I don't know why that came to mind. It may sound kind of churchy or cheesy, but um, to me, that's just a, an analogy um, of what it means to kind of live a gospel-centered life. No, I think that's great. I'm absolutely with you. I think, you know, even sharing from, you know, my own story that I did just a few minutes ago, it's the same thing. You know, you never know when mm-hmm. that, as a chiropractor, that guy walking in the door and you might be the one that, that, that have been called to share the gospel with them. You know, you never know as a, as a coach, you know, that player that, that needs your guidance, that you'll have the opportunity to kind of lead to the Lord. Um, you know, and, and really any worker capacity, you know, whether you're working in an office or a, as right. a coach or anything else. Right. And I was even, you know, as you're talking about being ready, if you will, and, you know, as we're recording this, we are knee deep or probably higher than knee deep in this coronavirus stuff. And so there's a lot of people out there searching for yeah. hope. You know, as we go to the grocery store, run these errands, you know, on a limited basis, you know, being being ready and, and not showing frustration when the lines are long and, you know, being that bright light versus falling into everybody else of negativity and criticizing everything. So 
Um, that's just the thoughts as you were talking that, get, that that came to mind. It's just a reminder, I and mean, maybe not to anybody listening, but at least to me personally. No, absolutely. I think in the in the midst of this, you know, what I often think about is you know Matthew 14 and that concept of Peter in the midst of the storm you know mm-hmm. and right. uh, he he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he falters you know and he falls um but the reality is when we keep our eyes on Jesus like we can find our way through the midst of the storm mm-hmm. and uh man in the midst of this there's a lot of people that are broken that are hurting that find themselves in the storm whether that's uh, physically, right. Fighting the virus, whether that's economically, you know, and, and dealing with that, whether it's just social isolation struggles. Um, so I think finding ways to continue to minister to people, uh, keeping our own eyes on Jesus. So we don't fall into those, uh, you know, we don't get consumed by the storm and the endless coronavirus mm-hmm. cycles that are, you know, uh, all over the TV every moment, you know, obviously staying informed at the same time, not being consumed by it all. Um, mm even our eyes set on these, I think is absolutely critical. Yeah. So, you know, we touched on football. I'm going to kind of transition to post-football. So after football, mm-hmm. um, you present, you began to pursue this call to a full-time ministry. Yeah. Um, so talk about that process because, I mean, quite the story of, you know, giving your life to Christ at age 22 to – you know, literally a few years later, God called you to ministry. So kind of walk through that. Yeah, well, you know what? I actually gave my life to the Lord at 25. 25, um, oh, wow. It was okay. 25. So it was, it was 22. I had mentioned kind of I, I made the Cowboys roster. And you start kind of navigating through some of those things. But it wasn't until I think 24 that I ended up in the chiropractor's office. Uh, I start having those conversations in 25 when I gave my life to the Lord. So, wow. yeah, it was, uh, it's been quite a transition. Um and, you know, I remember going back and, and sharing with old friends from high school that I'd come to the Lord, you know, and I was a guy that had, had made fun of others for their faith, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a little weird for me. And I remember one of my buddies like, weird for you. Like, what about us? You know, yeah. so it was just this like, are you kidding me? Like, you've been through this process. We haven't seen it. What are you telling me you actually have a relationship with the Lord? You know, so it really was a, a big 180, uh, a major change. And, you know, I think the best way that I can really describe it is when I was growing up, all I wanted to do, I wanted to play football and I wanted to coach. Like that is mm. what my heart was set on and that's what I wanted to do. And it's, it was just always there, you know? Um, and then once I came to know the Lord, there was just this aspect of me, like I wanted to pastor. Uh, it's what mm. I wanted to do. I felt called the congregational ministry and it was just, it, it was just there. Um, and so that same pull that I had always felt toward sports and coaching and that being my avenue, when I came to the Lord, it was that maybe an even stronger pull toward ministry. And um, so, yeah, when I got done with football, it was still difficult. It was, you know, I was, I was very new in my faith, um, you know, really just a year into the faith when I kind of started to uh, sense that call. And so I got involved wow. in a school of ministry up in Ohio, just at a local church, did that for a few years. And then wanted to go deeper. And so then we, we went to, went to seminary. I moved back down here. Cause obviously I was down here playing, moved back up to Ohio. Um, kind of got plugged into a church up there. I met my wife, did the whole dating process. Once we got married, we moved back down here, went to seminary. And then, uh, you know, obviously God has continued to use the, the, the coaching aspect. Um, but I've also kind of stepped into a ministry role as well at a local church. So what's your role at the church? 
Uh, I'm currently serving as a assistant pastor. Um, and, uh, you know, we're actually opening up a, another campus, um, oh, okay. in, you know, probably by the end of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'll be stepping into the campus pastor role over there. Where is that going to be? So we are uh, Rock Point Church right in Flower Mound, and uh, it's about five minutes, five, ten minutes down the road uh, from where we're currently at. Uh, okay. In Parker Square in, in Flower Mound, kind of right on that border of Flower Mound and Louisville. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And you mentioned staying connected to, to coaching as well. So, yeah, you are doing some coaching at a small private school. So talk about you know, staying connected to football and, and coaching, but also being on staff at a church? Yeah, well, my journey into coaching has kind of been interesting. You know, when I was up in Ohio, I did some group strength training uh, for athletes. I did some personal training, those sorts of things, because quite frankly, it's as you pursue a, a life in ministry, you're just saying, man, I'm going to use the skill set the Lord's given me for the time being. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and make an impact, make a living and continue to pursue this call. And so that's kind of where I started. And then moving down here, oddly enough, uh, I'm, I'm currently uh, working as a coach over at Coram Deo Academy, small mm-hmm. little private school, um, O-line coach. And, you know, they, they have me do some of the strength stuff and shot and distance in the offseason, those sorts of things. So I'm there throughout the year. Um, but really, uh, you know, can't say I necessarily felt called to coaching in that stage of my life, but actually had a a connection back when, you know, I mentioned I trained out in California um, before going to the NFL. Um, And the guy that trained me actually ended up being the AD and the head coach at Coram Deo Academy. Oh, wow. Uh, Totally a God story. Probably when I was processing through coming, coming back down, you know, my wife were processing through it. Um, He actually accidentally called me. I hadn't talked to him in years. And uh, I'm like, ah, why is he calling me? You know, and I, I answer and we just start catching up and he's like, really, you're thinking about moving down. Well, man, I would, I'd love to have you coach here and I'd work around your schedule and those sorts of things, you know? Uh, so you, you see kind of God just kind of set that in my lap. So when I moved down, I, I just kind of started coaching. It was a way for me to, to serve the Lord in the capacity that I was gifted uh, during that time. And, you know, obviously also make a little bit of income. Uh, obviously yeah. you're not in coaching for the income, but a little <laughs> yeah. bit of something uh, while I was, uh, you know, working my way through seminary. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize you'd been over there that long. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I, cool. yeah, it's uh, been over the school for three years now. Yeah. Okay. So how do you balance um, being a pass on a pastoral staff at a church, assistant coach or a husband and now a new dad? How does all that happen? Yeah. Um, we're definitely, definitely navigating it. We're figuring it out. <laughs> um, I would say this is one blessing for me is that, the coach that I school, the, the coach, the, sorry, the school that I coach at, there we go, got mm-hmm. that mixed up. The school that I coach at and the church that, you know, I'm, I'm a minister at are five minutes apart. So okay. that does make it a little bit easier to have, have meetings in the morning at the, at the church and then or connect with people and then head on over to, uh, you know, coach. Um, I would say also, you know, I've actually, continued on with my education. So I'm, I'm balancing that as well, kind of figuring out all those, all those little components. But I would say the biggest thing for me, I'm, I'm a highly driven guy. I'm very intentional. Um, and so it's, it's easy, you know, probably what I did when I was in football was consumed in football and gave little attention to anything else. And so I've kind of learned pretty early on in my marriage and, and now, you know, having the little one in our lives, I have to be just as intentional 
about blocking out time and giving that to my family. Um, and so that ebbs and flows, you know, my wife is actually going through school as well. So it's one of us will have him. The other one's kind of usually working on stuff, you know? Um, but it's just making sure that each and every day I, I, I give the things of utmost importance, um, my attention to my energy. Wow. I can't imagine, um, <laughs> being a, you know, balancing all that with also both being in school as well. Um, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a good journey. It really has. Yeah. And, you know, my, my wife will also finish out this semester with her, uh, undergraduate work and we'll definitely slow down the pace. You, you live and you learn. Right. And so that's right. we're, we're definitely at that, at that point, we're going, you know what, we took on a little too much, you know, so we'll, we'll pull back on her end a little bit uh, to make that work. But I think man, you can make anything work for a few months, you know, that's right. absolutely. Uh, doing it long-term that, that kind of becomes destructive or, or, or not sustainable, you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah, for sure. So let me ask you a question related to your time in sports. Um, it's more related to culture mm-hmm. um, without getting political um, cultures divided, um, you know, race, politics, religion, socioeconomics, but sports has this very unique way of tearing those walls down. So in your experience as a player, Coach, how have you seen where there has been some dividing walls? Have you seen sport tear them down? You know what? I think uh, my experience at Toledo and with the Cowboys, I think both did that. But especially, you know, for me coming from a suburban town, predominantly white, you know, and going in and quite frankly, being a minority in a locker room where, you know, now it's maybe 30% white, you know, 40, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, um, it just changes the dynamic. And, you know, all of a sudden you, you have these other teammates that are from the inner city, you know, and a uh, completely different experience. Um, and you're, you're basically walking arm in arm with them, you know, and there's different, different ethnicities, you know, it's different um, faiths you know, and you're able to kind of talk through some of those things, mm-hmm. you know, at that time I wasn't a believer, you know, but, but obviously, you know, you're still having those conversations and all those things. And because you're playing together, because you're trained together, because shoot, you're living together with all these guys, there's a camaraderie that's built where there's, there's, there's friendship. Um, and there's kind of that, that teammate component that, that really pulls on us, uh, more than our beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that, Quite frankly, I think that's a, a great uh, illustration of, of, of what we need in the church and culture and all those things is, man, build the brotherhood with others, build relationships, build, you know, see others as your brothers and sisters in Christ or others that are made in the image of God. And when you're viewing them from that light, then it completely changes things. And you're, you know, you're, you're, you're building a relationship to build a relationship, not with an agenda to kind of prove your point or just win somebody over. And I think, I think that's what, what sports does, you know, when you're training, when you're playing together and all those components, you naturally create a brotherhood. You naturally create a camaraderie that allows you to have some of those tougher conversations, allows you to even put some differences aside to, to unite over for a common goal. Yeah, I like that. Um, I often liken it to, and if, you know, anybody's listening, that's a subscribe, probably that listens to a lot of our episodes may get tired of me saying this, but I liken it to how God really designed the the church, big C. Mm-hmm. You know, there's division inside the church because we've kind of lost focus of the common goal. 
you know, focus on the secondary issues. And I just think if we take the example that we see in sports, you know, building relationships with people that are different, understand the common goal, loving God and loving others, and we could really make some radical change. I cannot agree with you more fully. You know, my <laughs> even in my in my short time in the church, I've been in just about every I don't want to say every type of church, but I've been in about three different denominations, you know, and mm-hmm. three or four different fields of churches. And, you, you know, you kind of recognize, man, there's a, there's a lot to, to grasp from each and every one, you know? And um, yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate kind of that unity aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So this next question is more um, for advice maybe, or encouragement for a student athlete or a coach that's listening um, because not everybody lives in a place or works in a place that can, you know, freely talk about their faith. There, you know, there may yeah. be some some resistance or some restriction. So, um, how would you encourage that student athlete or a coach that wants to use their platform to be bold for Christ? How would you encourage them to do that? Yeah, I would. I would say this first and foremost that you never know what seeds you're planting. Mm. Um, just by carrying yourself differently. Um, and so I feel like the best way for me to speak on that is speaking from my perspective as a player that didn't know the Lord, mm-hmm. coming to a point of giving my life to the Lord and experiencing salvation in Christ. Um, I, I can look back and I can see two, I would say genuinely uh, four guys. And I, could, I can name them if I needed to. I, I won't do that. Right. But four guys that I played with that absolutely lived differently. And that mm. it, caught, it caught my attention, right? And so when those experiences took place uh, later in my life that kind of uh, ended up leading me to the Lord, I, I processed a lot about how they lived, you know? Mm. And it was, it was, a, it was a, a way that, that, quite frankly, the Lord won me over. It was going, no, those guys were different, you know? And I think, if I'm being honest, I think a lot of times in our society, uh, we have a lot of... Um, poor witnesses for Christ. There's a lot of people that, that claim the faith. They don't really walk it out. Um, so that was a big reason of why I was kind of turned off to the faith. Um, but when you see somebody that's embodying it and living entirely differently, that's still connecting with people and loving them and reaching them where they're at, but at the same time, not diluting their own standards and their own relationship with the Lord, that speaks volumes. And I think that, that your character and your integrity, uh, are, are going to draw people toward you more than you recognize. And even if that kid never comes up and asks you a question, I can promise that you're leaving an imprint on their lives. I'm writing that down about character and integrity will draw others. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, that I tell my kids all the time, you know, walk in the walk, you know, don't just talk it. You know, it sounds, it's a simple thing I've heard all my life too. Um, but yet not always easy, but, you know, and even when you don't think you're making a difference, you are. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll, you'll see, you'll kind of have those opportunities where when you're walking, it opens the door to the conversation, you mm-hmm. know, because I think in a lot of centers, you know, I coach at a, a Christian school. So discipleship's at the forefront of what we do, mm-hmm. but the reality is, you know, in a, a lot of, I would say the vast majority of coaches are not in that setting and they right. can't openly share the Lord or they're getting fired, quite frankly. Um, and so I think just having the opportunity to, to walk in a way that's different, that stands out where, you know, I've heard of other coaches where they're the one guy that's not 
cussing and screaming at kids on the field in a negative way, you know, not demeaning kids. And so when you just carry yourself differently, all of a sudden, I think it opens the doors of those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, we've been very fortunate um, for kids to play under coaches that do stand out for their faith. Um, You know, it does, like you say, you live differently. It does um, open up to some conversations. I can think of, of one, my son was starting freshman football, you know, here in Texas, high school football is huge. And he wrote a scripture on his cleats. And I, I told him, I said, that's fine. But just know a couple of things could happen. Somebody could ask you to quote it, you know, or they could be made fun of, but just be ready. You're, you're making a statement. Mm-hmm. And it was like day two of freshman practice and his position coach um, was new to the school. They didn't know each other just pointed down his cleat and said, what's that mean? Well, my son didn't know that this guy was a believer. The next day they talked about it. And then the coach pulled me aside and said, Hey, I just want to let you know that um, I challenged your son on what was on his cleats. He said, but I'm a strong believer. And if I see that, I want to make sure they understand it, you know? So it's just a a way, you know, if you're going to try to put yourself out there, there's going to be opportunity. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I think that's a, a great point as well. I think as, you know, even as, as soon as you see the encouraging our athletes in, in their faith, you know, when they do show it, when you do have those opportunities to speak in, you know, cause when they're yeah. talking about their faith, okay, well maybe at that point when I can, but I can't before that, you know, so kind exactly. of taking those opportunities when they present themselves to go, you and know, looking what? for opportunity. Yeah. yeah so you're in a sense, quite frankly, you can't speak it, but you can't encourage kids to do that. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, you know, and then once the door's open, you can walk through it. You can, enc- or you can even encourage the kids to take that platform and be leaders in that arena. You know, that's right. So even if you can't do it, you can find the kids that are open in their faith and elevate them and encourage them. I think that's a really significant way that you know the, the Lord can kind of make a difference. And I think, quite frankly, quite frankly, can have a greater impact because then you're empowering kids to be leaders before they leave home and go to college. Absolutely you know, versus the adults doing everything. So, yeah, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. So this this next one's kind of a fun one for me. I love to go back and um, read over these. But a lot of people have a favorite scripture. Um, so I was going to ask if you did, or is there one that God's shown you recently that you'd share with us? Yeah, so for me, it's First John 1, 5. There's a latter half of it. Um, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Um Man, that's that's just been big in my life. Um, I would say, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the difficulty, uh, quite frankly, just remembering that God is good, you know. Mm. And so in the midst of the coronavirus and all these things, you know, I just shoot, I was just talking to somebody the other day as, as part of my pastoral role. That's, you know, man, if, if, you know, if God's good, why, why is this happening? You know, I think all of us, have those experiences in life that are really challenging and difficult. But if we can just remember that, man, the, like the darkness isn't from God, light's from God, you know? And if we continue to pursue him, we'll, we'll find our way out of the darkness and in the light. We'll, we'll find our way to the end of the tunnel. We'll find our way to hope. Um, you know, right. there are tremendous challenges that I had to deal with in my, my personal life when I gave my life to the Lord. Um, tremendous challenges. And uh, it was, it was that, scripture and that reality and that principle that we find in scripture that had kind of been my guiding light to to find the hope for another day 
you know, mm-hmm. to continue to press forward and go, you know, it's going to get better. And I think that um, that's true for any of us. Yeah. And this last one, um, last question is more of a kind of a practical question. And, and we know one that is an encouragement as well. Um, two words in sports that's huge is all in. We know what it means, but it's also all over the New Testament. I mean, Jesus calls us, if you're going to follow me, you know, basically, you know, you got to deny yourself. It's, it's, you're all in. So what does that look like on a daily basis to be for you, Kevin, to be all in in your walk? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's being committed in every aspect of your life. And I think a lot of times we segment things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, for, for my athletes, I can see the kids that really care about sports, but then they're not going to give themselves fully academically. It's like, well, the Lord didn't give you those gifts just to waste them, you know? And so I think in everything we're doing, maximizing what the Lord's given us, uh, fully stewarding uh, what he's given us, the gifts and the talents and the resources and the skills and developing those more fully each and every single day. Um, and so whether that's, you know, for me within ministry, whether that's as a husband, whether that's uh, as a new father, you know, whether that's coaching, whether that's academically, um, whether that's just in friendships and relationships and all the mm. different dynamics, whether that's, you know, my emotional health and how I'm kind of taking care of myself physically, how I'm taking care of myself. Uh, I think all those different dynamics of stewardship and maximize what the words given me and all of us, I think is absolutely, uh, to me, what it means to be all in. I like that because it's easy to compartmentalize life. Mm-hmm. I've got my spiritual life. I've got my work life, my family, you know, and yeah, I think that's, that's good. Um, being fully committed in every aspect. That's good. Good deal, man. Hey, I appreciate it. I know it's, um, we've been playing tag a little bit, trying to make this happen and making some last minute adjustments. <laughs> um, but um I do appreciate it. I know I've, I've been encouraged by a little bit. We've gotten to know each other and um, look forward to, to, to continuing that. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on and appreciate all the work that you're doing for the ministry. Awesome. Thank you again to Kevin for taking time to join us and to share his, his journey of finding Jesus, his, his sports journey and then called to ministry and just an encouragement to all of us that no matter where we are, um, in our walk with Christ, to pursue Christ, to always be available to share Christ. And as I think back through the conversation, just the main thing that stuck out was um, as he's battling in injuries um, in the NFL, you know, because most people think he you've arrived, but he's still empty and, 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 and struggling in a chiropractor. Someone who is trying to take care of his physical pain shared Jesus. And, and over a course of time, Kevin surrendered his life to Jesus, all because somebody like you and I um, were living out the gospel. We were ready at any moment's notice to share the gospel. So I would encourage you to be like the chiropractor that poured into to Kevin and planted that seed and ultimately led him to Christ. Because there's people in your life, there's people in my life right now that need to hear about Jesus. And I just, I hope and pray that you and I 
have those eyes and, and ears to see, and that we're ready when our number's called to have that gospel conversation, that we are ready. Um, he talked a lot about planting seeds. You never know the seed that you're planting. Um, and just to live different, because you, you may not know the impact of how you're living until years later, but live different. That's what Jesus calls us to be. 1 John 1.5, God is light. In Him there is no darkness. That no matter what is going on in the world around us, and as we release this, we're still um, hearing and reading about um, so much about the coronavirus, but no matter what, God's light shines brighter. God is good. And that you and I need to be committed in every aspect of our life. Maximize what God's given us. It's all about stewardship. That's just a a recap of the conversation with Kevin. So thank you for listening. I know you were encouraged. I know there's somebody in your life right now that you want to share this with. So I'd ask you to do that. I'd also ask you, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, so whatever platform you use, that you would click the subscribe button. There are over 120 previous episodes that um, will encourage you, and there's more coming. I'm so excited about what God is doing through the podcast, so um, we'd appreciate it if you would hit the subscribe button. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's through our website, allinsportsoutreach.org, or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Type in All In Sports Outreach. You can um, interact with us with messages. Um, You can find out who we are, why we do what we do. We love it. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for your support and your prayers and encouragement.